We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 152 On this episode, we've got a few news items A look at the cable fall TV offerings And then we'll be having a bit of a discussion of recent episodes of Revolution and The New Normal and uh, some of the NBC comedies that just premiered last week. Uh, Also, we'll have a couple of TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 152. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I'm Andrea from Confessions of a TV Geek. Uh, And I'm Joel Keller... uh from I guess Antenna Free TV is my podcast but I write for whoever in the world will pay me I just finished up my a week a uh, couple months writing about the Emmys for Zap to it for instance so thank you both for being on the, the podcast again thanks Jason awesome. happy to be here and uh, I'll have uh, links to where you can find them uh, on Twitters and their websites and stuff uh, in the show notes First up today, we've got a few news items. HBO has renewed Treme for a shortened fourth and final season. I haven't been watching, but I think it's probably good on HBO to give them a, a chance to wrap it up even in a, a shortened season. I really liked the idea that they don't really know how many episodes. It's however many they can film within the budget that they've been given. It, it, it's how every, however many David Simon feels like making. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's David Simon and he can. So, do, do any do uh, you don't watch Treme? I don't watch Treme. Andrew, do you watch Treme? Um, I actually don't. I feel do, I sometimes feel like I'm out of the loop for not watching it. Do you guys know anybody who watches Treme? <laughs> yeah, there's not a, a lot of people. I mean, I see people mention it on Twitter no, no, and what, stuff like that. that no, who aren't TV critics, yeah. Jason? <laughs> I, I don't know anybody that's not a TV critic that's watching it. Neither do I. In fact, I don't know of any t- non-TV critic who even knows what the word Treme means. <laughs> so the fact that HBO has given it four seasons is is quite remarkable. Yeah, I watched the first season and maybe a little bit into the second season, but it just, you know, just one of those shows that you're like, where you can recognize there's a lot of good acting and some interesting stories and stuff like that, but it's just not for me. <laughs> this is a quality show. I can tell. <laughs> but, it's but I just don't like it. It's yeah. so boring. But it's just yeah. not for me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Next, uh, Lifetime has renewed Army Wives for a seventh season. One of their one of their first ever scripted shows, uh, having lasting uh, quite a long time. I actually like the two other shows that premiered the same time that <laughs> Army Wives better, but those both died. So I, it tells you where my taste is. Uh, I, I Again, I'm not a big watcher, but I mean, hey, anytime Lifetime has a show running for seven seasons, you know, more power to them. I feel like in this day and age, if you can get any show to run more than like three seasons, although, I mean, cable networks have a little bit better luck than network, you know, regular networks, but broadcast networks rather but um i just feel like hey if the show gets to a seventh season good for the show army wives feels like one of those shows that you always look at the ratings and it's getting five million six million seven million you're like army wives is still on you know (laughs) am i right yeah it 
it gets no, great ratings. But well, yeah, I mean, especially for you know, cable wise. I mean, there's a, a slightly lower bar for for cable shows, but but it's definitely for a long period of time, it sort of exceeded what that sort of minimum status to be like considered a cable hit is. And yeah, I mean, a little bit lower bar with, and then also less episodes per season on cable, but still, yeah, if a show gets, you know, five, six, seven seasons. It's, it's doing something, uh, it's doing something right. Is Catherine Bell still on that show? She just, yeah, she signed for two more seasons. So they she was on eight. JAG. She was on JAG for like thirteen years or ten years or whatever heck it was, and now she's on this one for seven, eight, nine years. Where's she's not? Where's she? She's not the Kelsey Grammer of like TV two big long successful sh- series. Like yeah. she's not getting that her just due for that. I don't know. I, she should. She's definitely the opposite of a show killer. Like yeah. <laughs> you, you want you're like oh Catherine Bell's doing this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know it'll run for a long time, so, you know, good for them. All right, so uh, on to a little bit of uh, Emmys talk. I didn't watch. You didn't watch? I almost never watched the, the Emmys. But, How uh, dare you? How could you not watch the Emmys? I'm going to yell stop, at you. Stop this podcast right now. <laughs> How can I be a, a TV fan and, and not watch the Emmys? Because uh, I don't care about awards. I care about whether <laughs> I like a show or not. So, I, I got to be honest with you, Jason. Until I was uh, if Zapruder wasn't paying for it, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't have been watching it. <laughs> until I was professionally obligated to do so, I generally didn't watch it because because I knew you, the whole thing about the Emmys is too. People generally don't care about who wins. Not it's not like the Oscars. People don't really care about who wins an Emmy, at least right. as far as I can tell. So, well, the Emmys also. I mean, there's some. It's just gotten, there are a lot of things that have gotten so predictable and, you know, an obvious favoritism and, you know, it's like who, you know, who necessarily, who wins isn't who necessarily deserves to win on a you know, really large scale. So it's and never. It hasn't, uh, it hasn't gone that way. It's always, it's been that way from time since TV flickered its first electrons, I think, because you know, John Larrick had won how many times in the eighties for playing uh, Dan Fielding? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. So uh so Andrew, you watched them though, right? I watched them. Yeah. Am I the only one that watched oh, No, I watched them. Okay, you watched. Sorry, I was gonna be like if I'm the only one on this podcast who actually watched. I was yeah. <laughs> I forgot to watch. No, um, no. um no, I I watched. I liked I mean there were um there were points I liked and points I didn't like. There were a lot of surprises. Um, actually, all my predictions were pretty much wrong, but some of them <laughs> were wrong in like ways which I enjoyed. Like, I had I actually had Downtown Abbey picked for uh, for drama because I figured it would kind of be a surprise upset because the rest of the dramas would kind of split it um, because they all had such seasons. So then I was really really surprised and happy when Homeland won. Um, and then same thing with the. Uh, the supporting, uh, or not, you know, supporting actor uh, category um, that I was convinced that uh, Giancarlo would win, and I would have loved him to win, but I'm very happy that Aaron Paul won. So the only thing I was not happy about, which I also predicted, was Modern Family. But nothing against Modern Family. I just don't think it deserves to win as many years in a row as it does. It's amazing how the backlash has started against Modern Family already. 
Well, apparently it's the only broadcast show that uh, Emmy voters watch. <laughs> I, I think it's the only comedy they watch. That and Two and a Half Men. Because John Cryer puts himself yeah. in any category and he wins. So, you know, I, it, it, as far as I, it, in my view, John Cryer was like just I, I actually wrote an article for Zaptoon saying here are the people who won't win. And John Cryer was on the list because who would have thought with Jim Parsons and Alec Baldwin and Larry David and Louis C.K. and Don Cheadle in the same category that John Cryer would win? No one. And if you guys thought it, you're lying. So the fact that he won just blew my mind. I still can't get my mind wrapped around that. Um, Modern Family, yeah, it's starting to get boring every year, especially when there's better com there's comedies that are coming up and doing as well or better than they are quality wise, like girls, uh, like Louie, like um, you know, pretty much half everything that's on FX that's not Charlie Sheen does better. So I can't, you know, getting behind Modern Family for an umpteenth year in a row, uh, it's starting to wear you down a little bit. And you kind of wish that other actors would win as well. Stone Street and uh, Julie Bowen winning again doesn't really make an exciting Emmy cast. Um, great to see Homeland win. Great to see Damian Lewis win. Both Claire Danes, they all deserved it. Uh, so, you know, and, and I didn't want to see it down in sweep because I didn't want to, it was enough to hear Damian Lewis and his British accent. I didn't need to hear 15,000 people with their British accents on our American television awards. So <laughs> that's the jingoistic guy in me. So that's, there you go. <laughs> but overall, the show is kind of a drag, but, you know, award shows usually are. Yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know. I think it's very hard to have a really, really good award show. I mean, I'm trying to remember, um, you know, award shows that I've really loved because the host was that good or just because there were things that happened that, um, you know, that just really excited me. And there's really not not a lot um, just because it's so, you know, it's, it's so hard to it's hard to keep interest for, you know, three hours, three hours. hours. Three hours, most, yeah. Like, with the commercials, and they don't do the big awards till the end. Like, I know when my parents watch, you know, it's like, they don't, they're not, I mean, they like TV, but they're by no means, you know, all into TV. So they could care less about half of the awards, except for the big ones, and they're always, oh my god, this is boring, we have to wait till 10.30, there's no point to watch, you know, for... They, they've, done a, they've done a better job breaking up a genre, but that, that deadly don't miniseries and movie section... Just always, no matter where they put it, they can put it at the beginning, middle, and it always just drags the whole thing down. Um, because, you know, most people haven't seen what's been nominated. So, you know, and, and they this time they spaced it over five different commercial breaks. It was, it was not fun to watch. But I think breaking it up by genre, at least they do get some big awards out of the way near the top of the broadcast, which helps. Yeah, no, and I, I agree, because um, I feel like, I don't know if it was just this year, but I feel like this year um, things went a little smoother, and they got a lot of the, the bigger awards done first. I mean, there was I felt like there was a lot more stuff I cared about, whereas normally I feel like I'm kind of sitting there, you know, looking for people that I really want to see in the audience, or just waiting for certain categories that I, I really want to see. Um, and apparently it, it ended, like, <laughs> right on right time. time, which really, really shocked me. Right, with playing playing the Modern Family folks off the stage because they played everybody off the stage in the in the second part, second half of the show. 
So I kind of wish they nominate Amy Poehler every year. I just hope she wish she'd win. She'd win one year. But even if she doesn't win, she does a great job in making the lead actress in a comedy uh, category much funnier, more entertaining than uh, the rest of the show. So um, this time she pretended to switch speeches with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And I thought that was funny. And then last year, I think she orchestrated the tiara, the, the beauty yes. pageant thing. So, yeah, they need to nominate her every year, whether she's got a show or not. <laughs> Just, they should have her host. They should have her host. I think she'd do a fantastic job. She's funny as hell. So I think she'd do a great job. Yeah, I think for the most part, the, the award shows, they, they drag on. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that you guys talked about is why I don't end up watching. It's <laughs> just like mm. – uh, and – but you use memorable – there's no, like, memorable Emmy broadcast. There's more, like, in for the Oscars or the Emmys and stuff like that. There might be, like, a moment, you know, that's something that gets remembered from, you know, right. a three-hour thing that, uh, that, that happens. Uh, maybe there's a – a good joke somewhere that sort of gets remembered. Uh, but for the most part, you kind of just see the next day you see who won and that's, <laughs> that's, and that's, it. that's about it. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pre-show and the after show of, you know, people watching them show up and what they're wearing. And, and then uh, afterwards, you know, pictures and speeches of uh, from the winners and stuff like that those but the Sophie Vergara tweeting the the blown out back end of her gown probably got more attention than the Emmys did (laughs) (laughs) more more viewers I liked in the the write-up about the how many people watched and stuff like that that 30 something million unique viewers at some point in time watch for at least six minutes uh, that was my that's favorite. All the, that's my favorite that's all, stat of the night. <laughs> that's all they can handle. <laughs> it, it makes a baseball game go feel like speeding comparison. You know? Yeah, to, to qualify as a, as a unique viewer, you had to have watched at least six minutes of the broadcast. Right. So if right. you watch the whole thing, what does that make you? Yeah. Like, if you're a unique viewer. You were a very yeah. unique viewer if you watched all all three hours. But, you know, it's even dedicated award watchers don't get as excited about the Emmys as they do about the Oscars or the Golden Globes or Grammys, not so much. But, you know, the Oscars and the Golden Globes get much more attention than than the Emmys do for some reason, uh, especially. And you ever, I always wonder why the Golden Globes get more attention, because everybody knows it's a joke. Yeah. But, yeah, but they yeah. do. I so. think the only reason that gets more attention is the potential that somebody might come up on stage drunk to give their award speech. Right. Or be in right. the bathroom. Was that Emmys? I can't remember if that was Emmys or Golden Globes. That was Golden Globes. Christine Baranski, I think, was in, in the bathrooms. Christine Latte. Christine Latte, thank you. I'm just thinking yeah. of her. Yeah, she was, that was the Golden Globes. She was in the bathroom. So, and uh, the bathroom, I, I know where the Golden Globes are done because the TCAs are there too. And uh, the bathroom is right outside the door until like till right. So, someone had to go and fetch her. And drag her down, but I can very much see if you if you've been drinking and the bathroom's right there, and you're like, oh, they're in a commercial break, you just go, so and knock on the stall. Uh, you won. Yeah. <laughs> Are those your shoes? I have that conversation. Yeah, I know. I know. 
I, I don't think anybody's gotten caught in the bathroom since then. That was like that was like fifteen years ago, but you know. But yeah, so the Emmys, so they're done. So I guess till next year, you know. Yeah. All right. So I think that's enough uh, about the Emmys. But uh, out there, you can always let us know if you watched or why you don't watch, uh, who you liked that won, uh, any of your your disappointments about the show, uh, or the the winners and losers. And we'll move on to our cable fall TV preview for 2012. Okay, we'll just go through day by day through the week, starting with Sunday, and I'll mention some of the shows that are either started up or will be or will be starting up soon, and then we can talk about the ones that uh, we're looking forward to, and and then we'll move on to Monday. First up, uh, Sunday, AMC still has Hell on Wheels episodes playing. Uh, and then in October, as on October 14th, The Walking Dead uh, returns. Uh, BBC America has uh, episodes of Copper continuing to run into the fall. Uh, Food Network has The Next Iron Chef as of November 4th. Uh, HBO has Boardwalk Empire and Treme that have both uh, started up in the last couple weeks. And Showtime has uh, Dexter and Homeland returning as of September 30th, which is a huge night for TV. <laughs> yeah, there's like lots of stuff starting up on next on Sunday night. So way to separate it all out. So what are you, uh, of those shows, what are you most looking forward to, Andrea? Um, definitely looking forward to Walking Dead, which I actually just got into last year. I didn't watch it um, before before them, but I marathoned the entire first uh, season and then just got completely into it. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, Homeland, which I feel like my obsession kind of grew uh, during its hiatus for whatever reason, probably because I felt like I was just denied it and then felt like it was taking forever to come back, kind of like Game of Thrones, <laughs> like it just got worse. So I'm um, very much looking forward to that. Um, also, think I don't really watch Dexter um, I wanted to try to watch this year because uh, Yvonne Strahovski from Chuck was going to do a few uh, episodes and you know and I'm a huge fan of her but I don't think that fortunately I'll be I don't think I'll be able to catch up in time at this point to tune in but um but definitely um, definitely Homeland definitely Walking Dead for sure how about you Joel I would say those same two shows, Homeland and Walking Dead. And Homeland, I'm actually not done with the first season yet. I'm at about episode seven. Uh, I've been plowing through them on Showtime's On Demand with my wife. And, um, you know, I've been wanting, you know how it is. It's like you've been wanting to watch a show, you've been wanting to watch a show, and you keep you keep uh, saying, oh, I'll just watch it. I'll just watch it later. And then the next season rolls around. You don't want to fall too far behind. That's what's happening because I don't want to, I don't want to fall a whole nother season behind. So now I'm watching Homeland. I've got the first two episodes here uh, as a screener, and I'm just really looking forward to it because, uh, so, I mean, so far it's been a fantastically intense show, and I've heard some things about the finale that are getting me a little worried, but, um, and don't spoil them for me here, but, <laughs> uh, but I, and I also want to be caught up, so hopefully I can watch on a week-to-week basis. Walking Dead, um, I'm just curious to see where they're going with the show this year because last year was so dreadfully boring in the first half. And then the second half, they finally got tried to get off the farm and they finally, you know, had they were killing, there were zombies to kill 
And uh, now they found the prison, and they found Michonne, uh, and then you've got the governor. All the stuff that the comic book fans said, wait till you, they get there. You're going to love it. <laughs> they finally are so, there. Right. So now I'm like, all right, guys. All right, people. All right, all right, a-holes are here. Is it going to be good? You know, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, and, and some characters to make it less just people bickering and arguing and more, you know, kind of a, a, a story, you know. So definitely looking forward to The Walking Dead. Yeah, looking forward to Walking Dead as well. I'm I'm definitely interested in that. I'm interested to see how it changes, possibly, in that while some of the people that are running it now were with the show then, with the exit of Darabont, that whole, most of that season had to have been mapped out by the time he was let go. And so while other people may have ended up writing some of the episodes and stuff like that, I still, I don't know that they changed what was actually mapped out for the season, you know, at that late date, since they were already, you know, into filming a few episodes of the season. So I'm interested to see what the other people do for mapping out a season and what, what will take place. I just want to see them kill more zombies. That's all. <laughs> well, from the trailer that they show, it looks like at least when they first arrive at the at the prison, there's going to be plenty of zombie killing going on. <laughs> you know, and I just don't want the characters to be. I don't want the characters to be stupid. That's that's one of the big things about last year is that they're that they were stupid. A lot of them. Yeah, like <laughs> like when she she just drives off to go find her husband you know to go find rick and you're just like he's been gone what like a few hours right right <laughs> and now you're gonna you're gonna leave your son behind and and head off by yourself to to go find him it, some of that stuff was just didn't make any sense uh that that anybody would actually do that here here glenn do you want to risk getting eaten by zombies again and get me some more morning after pills which i know won't work <laughs> Not the smartest. <laughs> sure, Lori. No problem. I'm on my I'll way. I'm on my way. I'll take my girlfriend. You know, I mean, I just, you know, or, you know, even the stuff with, even the stuff with Shane and, uh, you know, I just, uh, it just, there was just rampant stupidity at that, uh, at that level. And hopefully now, um, they're in the prison. They're all going to kind of figure it out. And Andrea is now lined up with Michonne, and she'll be kicking ass. And you know, I think I'm I'm just praying that it it gets good. And Glenn Mazzara is going to be like the guy to lead them to a kick-ass season, and not one that's putting us all to sleep. That's all. Yeah, definitely uh, there. The other shows uh, I'm looking forward to are uh, Dexter and Homeland. Dexter last season was sort of a it was kind of a a little bit of a letdown where you sort of figured things out too early on and and there were a couple of storylines that were going places that you were like no don't don't go there you know <laughs> uh between you know the brother and sister character and uh but then it ended in a way that you were finally like okay that i i now want to see the next season and the i've seen the first 3 episodes uh that that's that's what I did yesterday instead of watching the Emmys is that I watched the first three episodes of Dexter season seven and it takes an interesting turn. Uh, I'm interested to see where they, where they go from there. Uh, now that, 
you know, now that she knows. So, uh, and then with Homeland, I won't spoil anything, but the first two episodes are of, of season two are also really good. Uh, the stuff that happens. And, uh, I have to say, I was really impressed by the second episode uh, Mm. and, and how, and how it ends. Uh, but, uh, that's all I'll say about that. And we'll move on to Monday. Uh, Mondays, ABC Family has Switched at Birth uh, episodes playing, and MTV has The Inbetweeners uh, still playing. Uh, Sci-Fi has Alphas and Warehouse 13 that are playing for a few more weeks. And TNT has Major Crimes. Anybody watching any of those? Um. I'm actually not. I don't know if that puts me in the minority. My entire Monday TV night is all network TV. Yeah, Monday is pretty much The Voice and uh, whatever comes after The Voice. And I, it's yeah, it's it's mostly network stuff for, for me. Um, I it, Bunheads when it was on, and I guess they'll be back on Mondays in January. But other than that, yeah, none of those shows. I'm like, yeah, I don't watch any of those. Yeah, well, I, I'm the. I'm on the other side. I I watch uh, well. I watch Alphas and Warehouse 13. I've been watching Major Crimes. Just I'm I've been interested to see how they're spinning it off from the closer, and I think they've done a pretty decent job of making it its own show, but yet still not not taking everything away from it that that you liked about the closer. Uh, but it de- but it definitely changed when you take Kira Sedgwick out of the equation. <laughs> Is it everybody but swapping out Mary Mary McDonnell Mary Mc, Mary McConnell Mary McDonnell Mary McDonald. what the heck yeah, they, Mary, they, Mary uh, McDonnell yeah, that's the main that's the main switch. Uh, there's also one other character of the detectives of the squad that left, and they brought in a new female detective uh, that's to the squad, and so they 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 changed it up a little bit, but for the most part, the major players of the detectives are all the same. And uh, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty good. It it loses a little bit of its uh, like crackle without the 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 actual closer character. You know, <laughs> she definitely brought a spark to the whole the whole thing. Uh, but I'm watching Switched at Birth and Alphas and Warehouse 13, which for me, other than uh, on uh, on network side, you know, I'll probably you know continue to watch Bones and then castle and and revolution and how i met your mother but uh it's there's a lot there's actually a little bit less of stuff on on the networks compared to the last couple years on mondays that i'm actually going to be watching this year i mean it really depends on if you want if you still want to see those cbs commies like i'm a big i met your mother fan i'm still tolerating two broke girls but you know mike and molly i've always enjoyed but you know partners i mean you know uh, does anybody really want to watch that show? I did. So, yeah, <laughs> two episodes uh, were more than enough. Yeah, and uh, two. I mean, I know after the first one, I was done. Uh, and yeah, so I mean, and Revolution's gonna get a lot of, I think, get a lot of viewers. So I, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I, I think cable Monday might, might you know, the networks might have Monday still, especially with the voice. You know. Well, I think you're going in about. Three or four weeks, uh, most of these shows will be ending their run. So it'll be all, uh, for the most part, it'll be all Monday. There won't be much on cable on Mondays. Yeah. So on to Tuesdays. 
Uh, FX has Sons of Anarchy, which has uh, been playing for a couple of weeks. MTV has a new show called Underemployed, starting up on October 16th. Uh, Reels Channel has a show called Bomb Girls that's been playing for a couple of weeks. Uh, TNT has uh, Rizzolian Isles returning as of November 27th uh, to finish out its uh, latest season. And that'll be followed by Leverage episodes at some point. They haven't uh, given an official start date for when the rest of uh, the season of Leverage will play. But it's supposed to uh, play on Tuesdays following Rizzolian Isles. And then USA Network has Covert Affairs returning uh, as of October 16th. How about those? You watching any of those, uh, Andrea? Uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, yes. Um, which I... I love that, and I'm uh, very happy that it's back. Another show that I uh, also caught up on and didn't watch, and then marathoned everything, and then ended up uh, getting caught up. Um, so, pretty much for that. Other than that, though, um, not I'm not really watching anything else. I don't. I don't think. How about you, Joel? No, nothing that you list. I mean, Sons is one of those shows that. Uh... You know, I think uh, once it got to season three or four, I was like, oh, that's it. I'm not bothering. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> catching up to it. Too far behind. Yeah. 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 It just, there are just certain shows where you just feel like it gets to a certain point, you know, and you're just like, you know what? This is never going to happen. So, um, yeah, no, Suns, Suns would be the uh, show, only show that out of that list where I could potentially watch. But uh, I don't even watch that, to be honest with you. So, um, and, uh, I like uh, Covert Affairs is a lot better when it's Homeland. That's the CIA <laughs> show I prefer. So, well, uh, yeah, I'm watching Sons of Anarchy. Definitely enjoying uh, where they've where they're headed off into uh, in uh, this uh, this season. Uh, I'm interested to check out Underemployed just because the idea of it sounds interesting. It's it's about five college graduates a year after they've graduated. They graduated thinking, you know, everything's going to be great. I'm going to go, you know, get a great job or do whatever. And a year later, reality has set in and they're all underemployed, uh, working sort of dead-end jobs and trying to still keep their spirits up as to uh, what they're doing. I, it just sounded – it sounds interesting, uh, you know, as with every, anything else with a comedy or, or a show like that, it, it all depends on the execution you can have a you can have a great idea, two broke girls, and really yeah. screw it up. <laughs> yeah, MTV has been doing a decent job lately, though. Uh, between awkward and the in betweeners, I think they've been doing a decent job. Yeah, awkward uh, really took off. I think it. Um, I think that surprised everyone too how how popular it became and how much uh, credibility it actually gave their network for shows like that. Yeah. So I, you know, and then and then might maybe I don't want to watch it because it might ring too true to me. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Being a freelance writer and writing about entertainment. So okay. So also, also I'm I'm looking forward to when Leverage returns. I just really enjoy that show and Covert Affairs. As you you said, uh, it's you like it better when it's Homeland. I actually right. like what they've done this season. They've it's you know it's not Homeland obviously, but they've. They've ratcheted things up a little bit. It's not quite as, you know, happy-go-lucky sort of, uh, you know, fun. It's a bit more dramatic, uh, a little bit darker uh, than past seasons. And it it, it got really uh, 
a little more interesting actually when they when they did that. So on to Wednesdays, uh, Comedy Central has South Park and Key and Peele uh, starting up uh, on September 26th. Uh, TV Land has Hot in Cleveland followed by Happily Divorced as of uh, November 28th, and uh, USA Network, I believe, cycle end up on Wednesdays. I'm I'm not positive of that, but it's supposed to play at some point in time this fall. They just haven't. Uh, supposed to. Uh, they yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't released a a start date yet. But with Covert Affairs on Tuesdays and Burn Notice returning on Thursdays, uh, and it played on Wednesdays in the last season, so. At some point in time, Psych will be back on uh, this fall, and we'll be able to share with you our set visit. <laughs> oh, they're I feel like to- I'm never going to be able to talk about anything. <laughs> they're just toying with you, Jason. Yeah, they and- know that you have this great feature to put up. Yeah, Andrea mm-hmm. and I were both there during the week that they were filming their 100th episode, so... and uh- I'm convinced they just don't want coverage. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because I'm just sitting there going, just sitting on all of the stuff that I can't post because we have no premiere date. But, eh, it's all right. I'll just continue to sit on it. Yeah, hopefully it won't get too old. And then you're like, and then you're like, oh, I can't use any of this anymore. Yeah. Everything's changed. (laughs) Yeah, so. Wait, the 100th episode's not about Clue anymore? Right, exactly. (laughs) Wait, everything I have. They changed all this stuff? Yeah. So, uh, just, uh, just let you, I mean, the only show in that group that I'm really, that, I, that I'm, I wouldn't say looking forward to so much as I'll, I'll catch it when it's on is Key and Peele. Uh, I think uh, their first season had, um, a lot of potential with their sketches and, uh, you know, it, and they, they kind of went in the same territory with race that, that, um, uh, Dave Chappelle went in, but. In a lot, in a lot more gentle of a fashion, but still funny. So I, I think they'll, and they'll get it. They'll, they'll, they're already taking advantage of the election season with, uh, with uh, Obama and his anger translator Luther. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. So that, that is definitely a show I definitely want to see a little bit more of. Yeah, that was, they, that was definitely interesting in the, in the first season. Uh, probably check that out when it returns as well, and then definitely looking forward to Psych. Uh, returning at some point. Uh, on to Thursday. Uh, FX has It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and The League returning as of uh, October 11th, uh, I believe. Um, and then Logo has episodes of Misfits uh, playing and USA Network has the return of Burn Notice to finish out its season as of November 8th. How about those, Andrea? Any of those you're watching? Looking um, forward to you? Actually, I'm not really watching any of them this season, which I, I feel bad about because there's, there are shows on there, you know, like Burn Notice and such that I want to watch. I started watching, like I tried to get caught up and it just was too, um, other things took precedence and I, I just couldn't kind of get my act together, um, which is pretty much what happens with most TV shows that this is why I don't watch the TV shows I don't watch because I try to watch and then something happens and then I kind of never get back on the train. Um, but I, I feel bad because I, I think it's a good show, but um, it's just, I have so much TV I'm watching right now that um, it's just hard to fit anything else in. So 
I'm not going to really be watching any of those, I don't think, this season. With me, you know what happens with Always Sunny, and the league is somewhat the same way. I watched, and this has gone on now for, what, eight years, because the show's been on for, like, eight seasons, right? I watch the first two or three episodes, especially if I get a screener. I laugh my ass off. I think, boy, they can't, boy, they're just, they're just knocking it out of the park, and they're really daring, and look, Matt can't wait, and they're really just, and it's so sick. And then I stop watching because there's all this other stuff on, on Thursdays. Seriously, yeah. you know, and, and, and. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I do, I've done the same thing, like. It's never been uh, – it's always Sunny's never been a, a huge favorite. Like uh, if Amory were on the podcast, she would be super excited for both uh, Sunny in Philadelphia and the league. Uh, she's right. a big fan of both of those. It's Always Sunny has been – for me, it's been a show that it's very hit or miss. Like I'll watch an episode and it's just, you know, like drags the 22 minutes by because I just – you know, I, I either am not getting the joke or, you know, or something. And then you'll watch another episode and it's like the funniest thing you've ever seen. And uh, I think that's what happens for me is I'll watch the first two or three episodes, like when the screener shows up or something. And uh, there'll maybe be like one episode that I really enjoyed, you know, in those. And then it just, you know, when everything else here, especially, you know, in the fall, is playing it just it just falls off the the list as a as a show to watch but I, and I wonder if that's why like I always wonder like why my you know Louis is a show on its own and and it's it's got its own you know it, it's a show that I can't that's a don't miss for me but why am I religiously taping and watching Wilfred and Louis whereas always sunny in the league I'm like eh. is it because the other comedies that are on on Thursdays at the same time? You know, and and all the other shows that are on on Thursdays, and it just becomes a little priority. The league is weird because even though it's about fantasy football and it's full of comedians that I love, my wife likes the show better than I do because she sees all the marriage stuff and the, and I'm just like, okay, they're just kind of insulting each other, you know, big deal, and they're all talking over each other and make it sound like it's improvised. So, you know, and I love everybody who's in that show. But for some reason, I never get into it, ever. And then my wife's like, the league was on. It's been on for three weeks. How come we're not watching it? So. The league is always, I watch, I've watched the first episode of each season. And it each episode reminds me that it, the comedy that they're doing is just not for me. Like, I don't find it funny a lot of the times. Uh, sometimes they just go, uh, they just go someplace, you know, they go someplace too far. And, and you're just like. That's not funny. Like I, that's, I don't, I don't feel like you should be joking about that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, right. uh, it just uh, doesn't uh, doesn't work for me. The, the the two of them for some reason always sunny. Even though I think always sunny is kind of like The Simpsons at this point. You know what you're going to get week in and week out, and there's nothing compelling you to to DVR it. At least as far as I'm concerned. And the league, I think you're 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 right on with the issues with the issues why I always tend to miss it. It's just. You know, it's not as funny as it could be. Yeah, I think so. The the other on that list, uh, Misfits is actually a show that's one of those shows that's on my list of, you know, British show that I actually want to at least try to watch. But it started playing and I like completely missed that it started had started playing. Uh, and so it's still on my list <laughs> to, to watch maybe at some point. Uh, 
and then I'll watch Burn Notice when it returns. Yeah, it'll never happen with Misfits because you'll just forget it was ever yeah, on. It'll it'll keep being on. I think yeah, I think it actually. I think like the first season may be in my Netflix queue. You know, like it, forever and, and, and you see it, but there's like something. There's always something else that gets watched first. You know, uh, yeah. well, part of it is like is is the commitment, knowing like if you like it, you're gonna want to watch like all ten or twenty episodes or however many they've done. You know, so far. But we'll move on to Fridays. Uh, Cinemax has uh, Strike Back uh, continuing to play for the next uh, few weeks. And then taking over the Friday time slot as of October 19th is a new show called Hunted. And then Stars continues to play Boss. And Sci-Fi has the return of Haven as of last week, last Friday, uh, September 21st. Uh, any of those that uh, either of you have been watching or are looking forward to? Nothing, nothing on that list from that I that I can think of. I'm I keep forgetting Boss is still on, and they and Star sends <laughs> Star sends me reminders every week yeah. that I keep forgetting that show is still on. So yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Um, although I really, really actually wanted to watch Strike Back, but I don't get that channel. And I asked one of my friends, and I was like, "You should watch it and tell me." And she's like, "Oh, I don't get that channel either," because I figured she did. So I'm like, "Well, I'm just out of luck for <laughs> watching because I really don't want to add anything else to my my cable bill right now." Um, so that kind of hindered me from watching it. But I did want to watch it. So if that counts, um, I would have been probably watching it. I really like Strike Back. Uh... I mean, it's definitely on Cinemax, and, but uh, they it's not just, you know, boobs and blood. Uh, there's actual story and interesting characters and lots of action within uh, – uh, it's, you know, it's a quality, quality show that they've, they've got going, which makes me interested in Hunted, which is a new sort of spy thriller uh, that's coming. stars Melissa George. Uh, she's, you know, was on Alias uh, for a, a season or so, and as you know, sort of a, a spy for a, a private spy type firm uh, that you know that uh, does uh, different types of stuff. And um, she almost gets killed, and she believes that it was somebody that she got set up by somebody that was on her team. But uh, she she still heads back to work and uh, trying to figure out who tried to uh, to to take her out. And uh, but. It looks like, you know, sort of a similar vein, high action, but a little bit more uh, thriller, you know, spy thriller esque. Coming, I'm I'm very interested in that one. And then Haven, uh, I think that show just keeps getting better and better. I have a I have a few friends who love Haven. I mean, they're completely obsessed with it in the same way I'm obsessed with like Fringe. Um, but they're they love it, um, and I keep meaning to check it out for that that reason because I. You know, they just keep raving about it. Well, I have to say, it you know, it was a you know an interesting show from from its beginning. You know, it it does a you know an interesting job with these you know weird abilities and things that happen in this little town and and stuff. And you know, I watched the first season, but the first season ends on one of the best cliffhangers that I've seen in you know that I can recall in recent memory. And then what they do with that in season two they really built on on it well and it becomes a much better show in the second season and the third season is picked right up you know where they've left off and they keep delving deeper and deeper into the overall uh mystery of 
of what you know what the deal is in this town and uh, I quite enjoy it okay lastly uh, on Saturdays uh, BBC America has uh, Bedlam starting up on October 6th which is basically a horror version of Melrose Place or <laughs> a British you know British show uh, that basically is Melrose Place but with ghosts and spooky stuff I tried to watch the first episode of the first season and I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was how it was filmed or, or what I couldn't latch on to any of the characters. And I'm not a big, really a big horror fan most of the time. And, uh, there wasn't anything for, you know, it's almost it six, six, six park Avenue that's coming up on, uh, on Sundays for ABC has that sort of a similar vibe, you know, a weird building where weird stuff takes place. Uh, but there were, characters there i was able i was able to latch on to in the in the pilot for that one to uh be able to continue on with <laughs> uh, by the way if they wanted to do a scary version of melrose place why don't they just re- do melrose place again with the, with <laughs> the original cast Current who are all 40 yeah. <laughs> we're all 45 to 55 years old now <laughs> and they're and, all still living in that same building <laughs> right and all you know uh, you know from uh you know what's his name uh michael you gotta play Michael. Uh, Col- uh, what's his first name? Uh, Thomas Calabro. You know, having him still be evil Michael would be pretty scary. Guy looks, you know, guys getting guys a lot older. So well, they tried to do it a little bit, giving him some a little bit of time on the new Melrose Place that didn't really go anywhere. Right. Yeah, that was yeah, but they were playing people's parents and yeah. stuff. But... <laughs> Although that's scary too, because it makes everybody feel old. Yeah. So. Uh, so they should just they should, and they should just do the old scripts. For make, <laughs> bring, bring it back and just start with the pilot, the same original yeah. cast, and just uh, yeah, just play uh-huh. it and play it straight. Right, but everybody's forty five, fifty years old now. That would work. Uh, I don't know. That would be interesting. Well, yeah. that's the uh, cable fall preview. Uh, let us know what shows uh, you're most looking forward to uh, watching uh, over. Over the fall on cable. And we'll move into our primetime segment. Mainly, we've got some uh, NBC shows to talk about since they jumped the gun and uh, premiered early this year. They're trying the... They're trying the CW model, apparently, because... And the CW's decided to try something different (laughs) this year since they're not starting until October. Uh, But uh, the first up is... Now that we've seen, now that everybody's seen uh, the the pilot for Revolution, and uh, we've seen what the the ratings were and and everything, what do you what do you think about the about Revolution, Joel? I think it it could be very good. It it's not very good right now. Um, you know, we both we've all talked about Giancarlo Esposito. He's the best thing about that pilot, but he's only on for what a frag, you know, five minutes out of the forty. You know, um, I think what what's 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 bad about the show is that there's a lot of the the central young characters are not interesting right now. The older fringe peripheral characters are 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 more interesting. Um, and you know, are we going to want to keep watching these characters? These Charlie with the perfect hair, even though like there's no electricity and. The, the perfectly put together clothes with her crossbow, you know, trying to find people, you know, trying to find her brother. You know, are we that interested in it? 
you know, and and how much are they going to tease out the uh, why it would happen to the electricity gambit? So, it, yeah. it, there's potential there, but I'm pretty much in the same uh, in the same boat as you. Actually, you pretty much just said all of of my thoughts, which um, like I I really like the show. I like the pilot. I'm so hesitant to judge any pilot um, because there, which I think I've said before, but there's literally been only like three or four pilots in my entire life that I've watched and been like, this is the greatest show ever. Um, everything else, you know, I haven't liked it first or I have liked it and then it got a little better. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, it can get a lot better. I'm looking forward to it getting a lot better. Um, the biggest problem, um, which I think is the same problem across the board that a lot of TV critics have, is that the older characters are exciting and we want to know about them but the younger characters are the ones that aren't really kind of not that they're not um fully you know fleshed out but they just don't they don't have anything that makes them overly watchable they're just kind of there they're bland they're you know not they're nothing special and i think um you know, I think hopefully if you can get more into the character development and the mythology and, and really try to give them something to work with and maybe work, you know, have them work with the adults a little more, which I'm hoping will happen, um, things will kind of improve. Um, not that I think the show's bad because I love it and I'm going to write about it each week, and um, but I would like to see it get to a point where me saying I like it is not having to be defended because yeah. people think that it's right. a, not a good show. It, that makes it it's just got the problem of the same of like almost and I mentioned this on on my podcast last week, you know, and and my my partner who's also my podcasting partner is also called Jason. It was very confusing when uh, Jason was on my podcast and I was calling both guys Jason. But uh, um, one of the problems too is is that like other shows, flash forward the event. They're getting too. They get too cheeky with the central piece of it. Why would all the electricity go off? You know, they get to and they parcel it out like with crumbs and flashbacks and and I think what happened with Lost, why people got intrigued with Lost, is that it was the whole first season was just the whole the plane crash and everybody's trying to figure out what happened. There's no little clues or or pieces of anything to you know. They didn't do that till later. Uh, the Walking Dead, why people like it is no one's trying to figure out why there are zombies around. They're just trying to survive. And I think yeah, they're when they're not searching it, for a cure, they're just <laughs> right. They're just trying to survive. And and if this show keeps teasing out this whole thing of why the electricity went off and why batteries don't work and 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 why all this happened, and they're going to keep flashing back, I think people are going to people are going to start losing interest. They they really need to say this is the way things are going forward. And this is, you know, how we're going to deal with it. I think I think shows get too caught too much up in essential mystery, and and they don't they stop telling stories. Yeah, I I think if they don't give you something more about, uh, you know, why the the power went out or why certain things don't work and stuff like that, you're going to get all the nitpickers with the well, what about steam engines and you know all this. All this type of stuff, they they need to give a better explanation of why you know, or somewhere other than physics went crap, you know, wacky, uh, of of what uh, went wrong with the some of that stuff, uh, and then they definitely need to make you know, it's got to tell interesting stories and have interesting characters, you know, no matter what the central mystery is. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, that's 
that was what was brilliant about Lost is every character was infinitely interesting to learn about uh, that for the most part. So I, I think for me in the first episode, I mean, the way it's set up, you know, the, the, with the promos and stuff like that, they, you know, the young woman is sort of at the forefront yet she has to be saved twice in the first episode, (laughs) which really, which really bothered me. Like when she shows back up to help her uncle, that was cool, but then yet within that, she still ended up needed to be saved by somebody else, which was, uh, you know, the first time okay, the second time, you know, was 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 too much. You were like, if she's going to be, I I I don't know, I was expecting a little more from that that character to begin with. And maybe it'll be as as it goes on. She you know she builds into that, and that's what we're. A little more kick-ass, right? Yeah, that, and that's and that's what we're watching is her becoming a little bit more kick-ass. But from the promos and stuff leading into it, you thought she was going to be a little more kick-ass from the get-go. Uh, not yep. necessarily like her uncle, you know, <laughs> necessarily. But right, you were I, you were expecting a, a little bit more. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, I think they need to give a little bit better explanation of you know not necessarily the actual reason, but some idea as to why things aren't, you know, working or whatever, or things that have been tried that didn't work, you know, to, uh, to give you an idea. Cause I mean, even there's the little things in the episode where you go, okay, well at the end of the episode, the guy's putting ice in his, uh, in his drink, you know, <laughs> where did the ice come from? <laughs> yeah. How, how cl- yeah. you know, so I'm a, I was like, uh, what does he have access to? What does he know? Um, where where is he getting you know where's the closest uh uh frozen water you know <laughs> necessarily uh, so there you know there's little things in there but i think it's also a show that it's it's just and any show like that is these days is going to be like that it has the baggage of everything that's come before it which isn't really fair that's i mean i i've done it myself like my first reaction when I watched it was, okay, that was pretty good, but so was the event. That was my first right. thought. Right. And that's not really fair to Revolution. You should give it a shot on its own, not like, do I really want to get into this because every other show like this has faltered you know, recently. Well, you can't, and you can't even look at the ratings anymore and, and say it's positive because there have been shows that started out with great ratings, uh, <laughs> especially – Especially on NBC, but but flash forward, you know, on ABC was one of them, and then they just sunk because people were tired of the story, or tired of the tease. So, yeah, I think. Uh... All right, when I when I wrote my review of the pilot last week, that was, um, the, that was one of the things I had put in there that I think people are already looking at this as the event, or as you know, flash forward, or as Terra Nova, or as Lost, or you know, insert whatever failed or successful science fiction show has premiered in network television over the past however many years. And I think, you know, like you said, that's not fair. I think people have to go into it with, um, you know, a little more of an open mind. And I've read, um, you know, I've read a bunch of interviews um, and I think, you know, with cast members and then with the showrunners. And I think that I hope it sounds like they know where they want to go. They know exactly the type of show they want to make. They're not interested in screwing people around. So I'm trying to hold on to that hope. (laughs) And hoping that's really true, um, which I guess we'll see in the next few episodes. Yeah, I mean the the big promise is that Eric Kripke has done these kind of kind of things before, in Supernatural, and and has done well. So, you know, uh, maybe he can tell the story. He can he can succeed where some of the others failed. 
So, yeah, that's a. I mean, you you look at the who's behind it, and you, it gives you a little bit of hope that. Uh, yet it's not like, while people that have watched Supernatural, you know, love the the arc of the first five seasons and stuff like that, and and stuff. It's not like that show over on the CW has been busting down the ratings doors, you know. Uh, so, right. so it's it's while. The story potential's there. It's still the show's got to do significantly <laughs> better. Right. I'm interested to see how it holds up tonight with full on competition from Hawaii Five O and uh, Castle, Castle turning, which uh, you know, and along with you know anything else that's playing on cable already. I'm I'm interested to see you know on a the first full night, you know, in its second week, how well it holds up uh, ratings wise. But I think we'll move on to the next show on the list is The New Normal, uh, Season 1, Episode 3, Baby Clothes, which is the last episode of the show I'm ever going to watch. <laughs> I, I, I'll, give, I'll give Episode 3 credit for something. It took the two cartoonish characters, Andrew Reynolds, Car- Andrew Reynolds, Reynolds? I don't know. I don't pronounce Randall. people's names. Randalls? Okay. I think it's I don't pronounce yeah, I don't pronounce people's names well anymore, and I don't remember them either for some reason. Um, Andrew Randall's character and Ellen Barkin's character, they were really way over the top of the episode like they've been, but near but there were pieces of that episode where where Ryan Murphy and, and company actually gave those two reasons for being the way they are some humanity, and it made me think that maybe there might be some hope for the show. But it took some really irritating stuff to get us there, so yeah, and really, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I under, I get the that they gave, you know, they finally gave a little bit of a reason for the 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 grandmother, uh, you know, they a, a little bit of something for something that she does, not necessarily for every belief that she holds, but but on the babies having babies type of storyline, uh, you know that. She was a she was a grandmother at at like what thirty two or thirty four or something, right. and uh, so I that was that was interesting. But within that, they had the hugely heavy handed, uh, you know, outlet store guy tells you know don't kiss in front of my kid, and, yeah. you know, argument stuff, and and for me, a lot of that happened. A lot of that stuff happened. It's not funny. There's nothing that's funny that's happening within it. And so there was a lot more drama in the episode. And you're like, this is supposed to be a comedy. And so for me, that didn't work because I, when I watch comedies, I want there's you know there's got to be some drama, but I want to be able to laugh. But for me, the thing that ended it for me was the kid storyline. The girl is nine, and. She wears a skimpy top, you know, basically some baby clothes as a top to school, which attracts the attention of a nine-year-old boy because she's wearing a skimpy top. And then at the end of that storyline, they have the nine-year-old boy make a spank bank joke. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me? These are (laughs) nine-year-olds. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, I know kids are a little bit more, a lot more advanced now than when we were younger, but uh, nine years old's a little young. But if, a nine-year-old showing a little, showing her belly button is not going to attract a nine-year-old boy. That's just, <laughs> they're nine. 
Well, he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be in a bit of a in a, a bit of a Lothario type of nine year old boy, not a you know a nine year old boy who actually likes girls, not a nine year old boy who thinks girls are still it was, disgusting. It was just too. It was too far. Like it was just too far over the line, and I was just like, well, as soon as. <laughs> As soon as he said that to the grandmother, he's walking out. I was like, "Done, never, never watching the show again." <laughs> well, and, and I just, it, and I think one of the things is that she, the the girl is nine and she's written like she's thirteen, and that's the problem, you know. Yeah, well, I, I um, you, you've you've talked about that on your podcast and stuff that a lot of the kids in the shows are just like too, too smart, too, like they're they're the right. adults, right? And and like it's. It's interesting, like that seemed to, like that kind of idea, but it was with teenagers, like a Dawson's Creek, where everybody was, you know, everybody was super smart and articulate, and uh, but it seems to have floated backwards, where now you have like the precocious five year old that has, you know, the witty line and Who's, <laughs> yeah, all quippy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, stuff, and they, you're just like, really, right? And, and as much as I like, for instance, Ben and Kate, as much as I like that show, the five year old, quote unquote. Talks it is talks like she's ten or twelve, and but yet on Modern Family they have a four year old who barely talks, you know because she's a real four year old, you know who talks or you can't understand her when she talks because she's four, you know, but yet the five year old on Benny K talks like she's thirty two, <laughs> you know and and what, what I I really do think that. The heavy handedness is Ryan Murphy personified. He did that on Glee. He's did that on Nip Tuck. He's probably doing that on American Horror Story, but it's covered in blood and gore. That's that's Eric, Ryan Murphy personified. I don't know if it plays well in the sitcom. It, it for twenty two minutes. It just I don't think it does. It's just stick to funny lines and and make the characters re- believable and relatable. Don't make the you don't they don't need to spout um, uh, sermons. You know. So, but yeah, the spank bank thing was a little irritating, to say the least. Okay, and that's enough about the new normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's plenty. Yeah, that was more than enough. More, <laughs> more than enough, and uh, probably the last time you may hear mention of it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be interested to hear uh, from you out there what you guys, if you've been watching, what you th- what you think of the show. Uh, on to uh, NBC comedies. Yeah, the Thursday night lineup premiered. Well, most of it. Uh, they're doing the the SNL thing for a couple of weeks before Thirty Rock comes back. But uh, you know, I I enjoyed Parks and Rec uh, up all night. I still don't find funny, and uh, even with the the changes that they've done. Uh, but the thing that I was most interested in the night was The Office, in that uh, apparently they've decided to finish out the show by turning the office documentary has become the Jim and Pam documentary. And I was wondering what you guys thought of that. Um, I actually, I'm going to um, defer it to Joel if he wants, because I actually don't watch the office, which I feel like is terrible, but I honestly never got into it and I kind of wanted to, and I never did. And I still haven't, but I've seen a few episodes here and there and, you know, and I, I think, uh, things are, are funny and, um, and I'll laugh, but I actually don't, watch it but I, I mean i keep up on all the news and that and i know pretty much um what's going on but i feel like i can't accurately comment on what the premiere was or what they basically turned the show into uh, well uh i've watched all nine years and including last year's painful season so i i, I don't know i think 
it seems a little disingenuous. I mean, I'm glad that they're actually addressing the fact that these this documentary film crew has been going around for nine years at a paper company, and I'm surprised they haven't killed themselves by now. But it, I think it's disingenuous to say they're focusing on Jim and Pam when they've been away from the office when Jim and Pam aren't there. You know, they've been... Uh, you know, they follow Andy around. They follow you know, Michael around. They followed a whole bunch of people around. So now all of a sudden they're focusing on Jim and Pam. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's a good way to focus the year on why they're there and also kind of refocus this back to a Jim and Pam story with Jim, you know, trying to figure out, you know, maybe like waking himself back up and saying, maybe I want to do something risky for a change in my life. Um, but. I, I don't know. I think I think this last season of the show, because it's going to be focused towards towards the finish line, I think it will be a hell of a lot better than last year, that's for sure. I think the first episode was promising. There were a lot of funny moments. Uh, uh, and, and Clark Duke and Jake Lacey are good additions to the cast. Um, you know? As as Dwight Jr. and right. and, and Jim Jr., I think, yeah. Well, I, I think it played well to, to make, especially to make a Jim sort of uh, look at his life uh, and be like, wait a second. <laughs> I speaking of underemployed, I've sort of been underemployed for working this job for uh, not exactly what I've wanted to do or thought I was going to be doing it at this point in time. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, ten years later or whatever. Um, I think it's an interesting idea as a way to wrap the show, but it's one of the, but it also felt like tacked on because if that was really the deal then it seems like last season and the season before that should have been a little more like where along the line did they decide that this was really about Jim and Pam because like you said much of previous seasons have focused on not just other characters while they're at the office but other characters outside of the office I mean, and also Jim and Pam basically disappeared after they had their first baby. So, uh, you know, I mean, they became less interesting as a couple. And that was three years ago. So, or four years ago. So, what the film crew, what has the film crew been doing? You know, they go, they go, they go home, they come back, they have their kids, they're swamped. They've been boring the last three years. So, what have they been doing? Yeah, I, I think it may work as a as a way to focus the final season and and stuff, but it definitely felt like the show had been meandering for a bit, and they decided to end it. And this was the idea that they hit on as the, <laughs> this was never this was never like the an idea at any point in time until this was going to be the final season, and they were right. trying to figure out how to how to wrap it up. But yeah, I'm interested to see where they go, and uh, but. Uh, NBC, with not a lot of competition, didn't have a very good premiere week uh, for their for the new comedies. Yeah, all their comedies were pretty much were pretty much down. Um, they all tanked. They were not all good. It kind of kind of worries me a little bit. <laughs> it's like you know, if you're have for not a lot of competition and having what used to be pretty much a strong block of of comedies. Um, you know, the fact that people aren't watching or it's reflected that people aren't watching. I know people obviously are watching, but 
it, it makes me wor- it makes me worried about uh, Parks and Rec, really, because up all night, like like Jason said, it's it's an it's a it's a nice little show, but it it didn't really hold up. It hasn't held up to its potential from its pilot and early episodes. You know, Parks and Rec. I mean, that's a show that you know is NBC going to hold on to because they really don't have anything else on Thursdays, or are they just going to throw the whole schedule out with Thirty Rock in the office leaving? You know, and just get rid of Parks and Rec too. Well, they already, you know, they already kind of did that by shuffling community because there used to be, you know, NBC had their Thursday night comedy block and then they shuffled community this year and then now they're holding back on 30 Rock for a bit. So I feel like things have already kind of been shuffled. I think it's going to be interesting given the ratings this year uh, to see kind of what happens and what gets renewed, you know, with things like The Office that are ending and you know what what gets renewed what stays what gets shifted around shifted around um i'm hoping you know parks and rec um returns now you have to see another premiere next season um but you know hopefully the ratings will improve maybe possibly <laughs> yeah, it'd be it, it'd definitely be interesting to see what happens with a full complement of uh of of shows premiering this week uh if they didn't do well with practically nothing you know, up against them last week, or it could have just been that it was just early. Like when the voice premiered a couple weeks ago, you know, it actually has picked up ratings wise in subsequent weeks. It's almost like, Oh wait, those are back, you know, type of, you know, early start. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens next week. And NBC comedies as a whole, uh, the comedies that most critics and people would, considered to be the quality ones have never done super well other than the office in its heyday uh and 30 rock to a slightly lesser extent and then their new shows i (laughs) are nothing like the ones that people would consider the quality ones and so i'm interested to see where things go uh over the this season and what they're going to do comedy wise because the Thursday night comedy block, the must see TV is, is not, you know, that's, that's so long gone. And, uh, and I think, I think right now the best, your best potential two hour comedy block this fall is going to be on Fox on Tuesdays. I agree. I I think that's what Fox was going for. I think I, um, mentioned that at, uh, on Carla's podcast uh, a few weeks ago that I feel like, um, Fox was kind of trying to do the whole NBC comedy block with the way they structured um, everything on Tuesdays. And you know what? It actually might work because all their comedies, for the most part, are really, really strong. Yeah, um, but we just got to see how Mindy and, and Benny Kate are going to do. Uh, you know, cause, and you also got to remember that Raising Hope did well its first year, but I think it, I think it dipped its second year. Yeah, so. it, it did a little bit. It's... it's <laughs> It's one of those shows that I would put in that, you know, very, very good that just for some reason hasn't been able to, gar- you know, doesn't garner a, an audience, you know, sort of like a community. You know, there's a right. the, the style of comedy that it that it does apparently doesn't quite attract. Uh, but I think it's freaking hilarious. And the characters are <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the characters are great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great, great. It's amazing that the. Uh... The guy who gave us um, the guy who gave us yesteryear is now now the one of the bastions of avant-garde risky comedy. 
So Greg Garcia, but uh, yeah, I I mean I, I think it'll do okay. It just uh, it, this is it is a risky lineup, but I think the new girl is is gonna anch- will anchor it pretty well. But the new girl, not the new girl. A lot of people for some reason it's not the new girl. It's new girl. So just new girl. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that'll wrap up our primetime segment for this week. And uh, the last thing on our list is uh, a couple of. TV on DVD picks for Tuesday that come out Tuesday, October 2nd. And uh, my pick is the Abbott and Costello show season one, which is basically a, a, a sitcom that basically gave them a reason to work into all their classic material <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think uh, Abbott and Costello are, are hilarious. And I, I quite enjoyed have enjoyed in the past uh, watching uh, their TV show. Uh, that they did way, way back when. Yeah, I, I have a poster of who's on first up on my wall. So it's an all-time classic yeah. bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've had it, uh, you know, on on tape, or I found an app on my phone that does that links to old-time radio shows, and you can find, you know, through it, you can find uh, who's on first and a bunch of Abbott and Costello stuff, and I listen to that stuff every once in a while. Always funny. Such a great comedy team. And Andrea, what is your pick? Um, my pick is uh, Nikita season two, which comes, I believe, comes out this week. Um, and I feel like I've had to push a lot of people to watch the show because, um, you know, a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't watch it. But it's one of my favorite shows. Um, I like it because it didn't start out as my favorite show. Um, it literally took an entire season before I got myself into it. And then once I did, I was very, very glad I did. And it kind of, um, it found its place. And I thought last season was really strong. Um, It's very underrated. I would encourage anyone listening to go uh, check out the DVD and try to get yourself caught up before the show comes back in October. Yeah, I I quite enjoy Nikita as well. It's uh, the first season... It, you know, it started out in a certain way that you were like, okay, how is this, how are they going to do this long-term? Like you, you, and how they did it long-term was before the end of the season, they completely blew up the way that the show was, right. <laughs> was headed. And you were like, wow, that happened a lot sooner than I thought was going to happen. I thought, you know, maybe that would happen sometime into season two or something maybe, but they, uh, they completely changed things up and they've, they did it again during season two and, It'll be interesting to see how things have changed going into season three. Uh, it still has the basics of you know you know you know some fun banter and uh, good action uh, each week, and uh, but they don't. It's another show that doesn't rest on the idea. They they move they move story along like they don't just stay with some premise forever. I think it's very smartly written. I find it very smartly written, and it's. I find that it's not exactly just an action show, but it kind of uh, brings a lot of different elements to it, and a lot that can be enjoyed by different types of people. People who like. I- there's the relationships between all the characters, and you know, there's a lot of other stuff happening within it uh, that you know makes these interesting characters to learn about and follow, uh, along with getting you know cool action sequences and chase scenes and fight scenes and stuff like that. So yeah, Nikita season two, uh, you can find uh, links uh, to uh, both of those uh, in the show notes at uh, tvtimes3.com slash 152. 
And uh, that'll do it for uh, this episode of the show. Uh, thank you both, uh, Joel and Andrea, for uh, joining me again. It was fun. Thanks. And as I mentioned, we'll have uh, links to where you can find them in the show notes. Uh, and uh, also, you can find us on uh, Twitter at uh, TV Times 3 and on Facebook, facebook.com slash TV Times 3. And uh, thanks uh, for listening. If you're listening via iTunes or the new uh, podcast app on your iPhone, uh, if you would leave us a, a review, a rating or review, that would very much be appreciated. And uh, next week, we will be talking about uh, the CW and what, the, what shows are coming for the C- CW this fall. It seems like it might be a little late, but since most of their shows don't start until the second or third week of October, <laughs> we're doing our fall preview in the first week of October. And uh, Drew Morehouse, from uh, who writes for ZapToIt.com, uh, will be on the podcast along with uh, Amory. will be back next week. And the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. Thanks for listening. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.